Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press Gallery, the Edmonton Journal's politics podcast. My name is Keith Dryan. I'm the guest host for this uh, unplanned edition of the uh, of the Press Gallery, where we were actually going to wait till next week to resume uh, broadcasting. But uh, some news happened this week, so uh, we a tiny little bit news. Here we here we are. Here we are. Um, we're going to call this the uh, so long farewell edition. Um, it's apt for a few reasons. Uh, Perhaps so long farewell to uh, the NDP's chances of re-election, to the Trans Mountain Pipeline, and also to our longtime legislature columnist, Graham Thompson, his final podcast with us, his final day at work for the Edmonton Journal. Graham mm-hmm. Thompson. Yeah, well, thank you very much. <laughs> Hello, I must be going. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm so happy. It's been a busy, busy week because I don't have time to reflect on what I'm actually doing, and that is, I'm leaving <laughs> the journal. I'm leaving voluntarily, and it's important because Twitter. You gotta love Twitter, and amazingly enough, you can't trust everything on Twitter. What did that really? happen? And people That's began doing do a conspiracy reporting. about post media throwing people out the door before the next election. I'm leaving voluntarily, and. Um, I have other plans, and that's a work in progress, and uh, that's yet to be announced. Um, how about you, Keith? What are you up to? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the health reporter currently. Uh-huh. Whether it'll stay that way Ooh. is... Uh, what does that mean? We'll see. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> might, might, you have, might you have a different job coming up? It's, it's entirely possible. Who knows what, uh, what the next right. month may bring. Right. I'm, I'm, by the way, since we haven't introduced ourselves... <laughs> I know. I'm Paula Simon, city columnist, and beside me is the lovely... Claire Clancy. Thanks, Paula. <laughs> I think we should do the introductions this way from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Not awkward at all. A- em- yeah. Emma is, of course, still off in Australia on vacation, uh, leaving Claire and Graham to do some extraordinary work this week when yes. the Trans Mountain news broke. And yes. I think, yeah, she missed a fun week because, honestly, biggest news about Trans Mountain in the several months that this has been and an broke, escalating and issue. And she wasn't here. Coincidence? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we're yeah, looking no, for conspiracies. There we are. I know. Well, I want to. I want to get into this. So I want to actually start uh, by going back a month in time, and this is the day when we recorded our our, our last podcast. The uh, we called it the shovels in the ground edition. And <laughs> uh, Graham and uh, Claire, you had just come back from the Enoch Reserve. There was a big photo up there with Notley and the head of Trans Mountain and Amrajit Sohi, who's the Natural Resources Minister. Uh, and uh, it was a big day, uh, smiles all around. And fast forward a month, uh, things have changed considerably. Uh, and it was a, a, a phony news conference in the sense that you know, they shovels, like literally, they put a shovel in the ground and were you know, digging up some dirt. This was to try and give the appearance, of course, the construction was underway, the pipeline would be built. But in fact, at that point, even the construct, so-called construction was basically surveyors uh, you know, hammering in some, some stakes along the, um, the route. There was no actual construction, but this was notly trying to show the public that things are actually getting done. And of course, they, they were shoveling something that day. It wasn't necessarily <laughs> dirt. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've seen it referred to now as maybe Notley's mission accomplished moment. Um, I don't know if that's fair or not, but certainly uh, the opposition has been suggesting that she was uh, cheerleading perhaps a little too early, um, and we did perhaps see uh, see why this week. Uh, Claire, maybe just briefly take us through what the, the actual news was this week. Yes. So um, yesterday morning, a long-awaited decision from the Federal Court of Appeal came down. 
Um, what happened was there were about two dozen cases brought forward to this court, um, all related to indigenous consultation around the Trans Mountain Pipeline. And at 8.30 yesterday morning, the decision came down and was very unexpected and found that the National Energy Board had um, been, their review had been so flawed that it couldn't form the basis of uh, federal cabinet's approval of the pipeline in 2016. And basically the court directed Ottawa to go back and redo a phase of consultation with Indigenous groups that had been involved in the case. Um, so all that said, that happened at 8.30 in the morning. Um, I think it's safe to say that the NDP and Premier Rachel Notley had expected it to go the other way. The Kinder Morgan pipeline has won almost every court case brought to it. I think every one. It has 17, I think. Right. So this the fact that the, the court in a in a decision that was three to zero didn't side with the pipeline was really, really stunning. So it turned the news upside down yesterday and um basically it was a day of getting reaction about what this means for alberta what it means for canada um obviously indigenous groups and um environmentalists who were opposed to the pipeline were really happy with yesterday's ruling um and then at about 6 p.m last night we heard from premier rachel notley who uh very kind of unexpectedly then made the announcement that alberta would withdraw its support of Ottawa's federal uh, climate change plan until, in her words, Ottawa gets its act together and pushes the project ahead. Um, so two huge pieces of news yesterday, and then, you know, reaction is kind of continuing to unfold. And th- then there's a third piece of this, which is that just by coincidence, yesterday happened to be the day uh, that Kinder Morgan shareholders right. formalized the, the, the sale of the pipeline to the federal government. Here, here's a here's a lovely pipeline that you can't build. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah. Now that, that's not entirely fair because the federal government is buying the in situ current pipeline, which is a you know a paid for project and makes money. But of course, when Ottawa agreed to buy the pipeline, they didn't just agree to buy the existing line. They you know they this deal was predicated on the premise that they would build a second pipeline along that right of way. If they can't do that, they spent a lot of money on an old pipeline. Yes, indeed. Well, Graham, uh, how does this play out for for Notley, for the opposition? You know, you cannot overestimate just how much trouble this has caused for the Notley government. On on her anniversary, too, she'd spent the morning tweeting out charming pictures of herself and her husband, Lou Arab, and saying, you know, how how much in love they were. Ouch. They were not expecting this. They really weren't. You know, they were saying, hey, a decision's coming down on Thursday because it was 17 court decisions. The pipeline had won every one of them, and the government's pretty feeling pretty confident because this this court case was about uh, did the federal government follow through on its duty to consult First Nations? And you're thinking this is this is Justin Trudeau's government. They consulted a lot. They did a lot of consulting. Plus, this is the person actually you know is talking about truth and reconciliation. This is a government that actually believes in doing things better with First Nations, and then the courts found them lacking. Uh, that was spectacularly disappointing, of course, for the government. Uh, it's a problem for, for uh, Trudeau, but for Notley, it's a huge, huge blow. Yesterday, first of all, they went silent at first. No one was responding from the government at all. Uh, Notley then had a news conference about five past six, live television. You know, just timed it to coincide with the uh, supper hour newscast, and she can talk to Albertans directly. She also had teleprompters. 
I've never seen a teleprompter used in mm. that it media room. It felt like a wartime announcement. It yeah. was kind of right. what the press know, gallery exactly. was talking about. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So this was, uh, and then such a very carefully crafted um, statement. And she took only 10 minutes of questions. And the Notley is very good in front of the media. Um, if this had been really good news, yeah, there wouldn't be a teleprompter there. This was a very carefully crafted uh, message, and that is, you know, she is angry and talking to Albertans will get this built. And then she's saying about Ottawa, you know, I've told um, the Prime Minister to recall Parliament uh, immediately. And it is like a war message. You know, certain things they're going to do. Uh, m- my first draft of my first column yesterday, just sort of gut reaction was, um, you know, this might not be the end of the NDP government, but you can see it from here. Right. And I think this is basically a fatal blow. Now, Notley, of course, needs to get this something in, in the ground before the next election. And that was a feeling that if they can get something in the ground before the next election, pipeline-wise, she's a chance of surviving the next election. And now you've got Trudeau saying, oh, look, don't worry. We'll get this pipeline built. Yeah. Eventually. Right. Eventually they yeah. will. And I, think, and I think they will eventually get it, maybe in time for you know Premier Jason Kenney to cut the ribbon, basically. And I'm being facetious here, but not totally. And I think that this is a fatal blow, but I think even if the pipeline was by some miracle to get underway next you know, April, May, in time for the election, it's going to be too late. The narrative's been set here that she's tried a lot of things and just cannot get it, get done, can't get it done. It's not her fault. That's the really frustrating thing for her is that this was an issue dealing with, of course, the federal courts, the NEB, uh, the federal government. Of course, BC's being a major problem for her. And, of course, Kenny's a major thorn in her side here provincially. And she thought like she was close to the, 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 the goal and they've moved the goalpost back perhaps beyond her reach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a very powerful and effective statement last night. I mean, it was very dramatic. Uh, and I thought she delivered it really well. I mean, I think Peter Lougheed would have been very proud. Uh, maybe even Ralph Klein would have been proud. And, and the interesting thing is that I understand why they did not think that they were in legal jeopardy. Because actually, if you look at the federal court ruling, they reject almost all the arguments because it wasn't just the First Nations. There were a whole bunch of the city of Burnaby, the city of Vancouver. I mean, there were a zillion interveners here. And the court said, no, most of these points are not relevant. We we throw out almost all of them, Oh, save these two. Uh, and the one that I think, I mean, the degree of consultation is interesting because the judges rule that the government did consult in good faith. And so it's a bit tricky, like with what, how much more consultation does there have to be? Is there, I mean, consult, there'll never be enough consultation to have 100% support. So, you know, when do you know that you've done enough consultation? The, the, yeah, the, I think the key word was meaningful, right? And yeah, that, that's a really vague term. Yeah. So. so, you know, uh, Jen Gerson had a great column about this. I mean, what is the definition? I mean, there is a, there is a legal standard for meaningful consultation, but it's still a pretty nebulous mm. concept. The other thing, though, is is more legalistic. And what the court said is that the NEB narrowed their scope too much when they didn't pay attention to what the impact would be on increased tanker traffic. Now, this surprised me a bit because when the federal government, oh, you know, approved the pipeline, uh, Trudeau went out of his way to stress how much emphasis they were going to put on harbor safety and and protecting waterways. But what the court said is a, is a much more narrow thing that the NEB, when it set its scope for its review, said, well, we're not going to look at at the waterways because we're the National Energy Board. We're going to look at the pipeline in the ground. 
I mean, I think I think you could differ about whether or not the NEB narrowed its scope too greatly. That happened back on Stephen Harper's watch. So it's an interesting thing. I mean, can is there a workaround for that? And I think it's worth noting too that what Notley demanded yesterday was one that um, that Ottawa launch an appeal immediately. Two that the par- that Parliament is recalled and they t- and they assert federal authority and review the NEB process, which could include the maritime traffic issue. And then third was uh, her third demand was also more Indigenous consultation that is meaningful, and she did make a point of of pointing that out. I think you're she right. Made a point I, of that. The, the, this talk in the the government that they will have they want the federal government to come in and pass a piece of legislation uh, stipulating that the NEB does not have to look at maritime traffic. That's something that they're, in other words, that this is not like trying to fast track this. In other words, okay, Ottawa, come in pass some legislation on this, do something over here on First Nations, this gets underway. The, the court decision, you're right, Paula, talked about, you know, look, um, we're not asking for major changes, just some minor things. In fact, they said uh, that this could be done with a brief delay, perhaps. Yeah, I, but then I, I define think, brief delay. So, well, also, I mean, like, I'm sorry. I mean, I mean let, us, let us back up here and say, I mean, I made a little bit of fun of the Liberal government for buying a pipeline that might not be so valuable. But let us be very, very honest here. If if the f- people of Canada did not own this pipeline, this would be done. I mean, Kinder Morgan would not stick around to say, oh, well, it'll just be a brief delay while we have more consultation and change the scope of the review. I mean, if this pipeline were not in public hands, it would be it would be done like dinner. But well, the pipeline would still, the thing is, it would still be there. The, the actual I existing mean, pipeline Well, the existing pipeline, but I mean... I know. The expansion would have been expansion uh, would killed. Have been, yeah. The thing is, and of course, they spent $4.5 billion. It's still a pipeline there. It's still an asset. Yeah. But of course, it's a 60-year-old pipeline. The idea is actually to expand it and twin it. Um, I think it still will get done because, again, the court is not saying two thumbs down. They're saying one thumb up, one thumb down. Do some more work. You can get it done. And I'm sure they can get it done. But, but not in time for racial exactly. Notley. Exactly. It's two different issues here. One is getting the pipeline done eventually. Yes. Getting it done in, in time for next election. No. Well, and and this, I, is the, this is the problem with her threat, too, to pull out of the climate strategy. I mean, if she loses the election, of course, Jason Kenney is going to pull out of the climate strategy. So, yes. I mean. Uh, well, it's a moot point as well, because I asked her, what does that really mean? Because all it really means is that Alberta would not then move in lockstep with the federal government's carbon tax Which in doesn't two years. kick in until when? 2022. No, but it gave, yeah. her, it gave her something to say. Well, exactly. It sounded, it sounded yeah. I mean, it and, sounds and it very dramatic. And it yeah. made the headlines. Like pulling out of the, the pan-Canadian climate plan. Okay. Yes. Well, and she did make a very good soundbite that without Alberta, that plan is not worth the paper it's printed on. And, and she's, I think she's probably right about that. Yeah, because so. the thing is, if Trudeau needed, needs her, the thing is, though, events are happening they are causing major problems for Trudeau's pan-Canadian climate plan. Yeah, I mean, Doug Ford is happening. Well, as I said, Doug Ford, uh, Scott... Um, Scott Moe. Mo. Well, I mean, I mean, Saskatchewan wasn't going to sign on. No, un- but I'm un- saying un- it yeah, starts but, to build up. And you yeah. got Jason Kenney here. you got other problems. All of a sudden, we'll be saying, hmm, maybe we shouldn't be jumping on this bandwagon. Or you've got other provinces saying, look, we're, we're doing things on a different front. We're not, there's, there's no actual carbon price. Or we'll, or, or we'll be doing carbon capture. Or we'll be doing something else that equals um, a price on carbon. And you've got other uh, provinces that may be backing down from what Trudeau wants. And I just want to uh, make it super clear as well that uh, Rachel Notley pulling out of the 
um, pan-Canadian plan is not affecting the current carbon tax in place for Albertans, yes. right. yeah. um, which is going to be in place as it stands. Um, and uh, yeah, and that provincial climate leadership plan has not changed. Yeah, because she has to thread a very careful needle here. She can't, having having staked her flag to the social license argument, she can't now throw out the carbon tax. Uh, and, and really, it, people are saying, well, she just get rid of the carbon tax. How would that help? That doesn't put any pressure on Ottawa. And I mean, as UCP leader Jason Kenney has said over and over again, yesterday, he took the stand or, or uh, in the news conference yesterday or today in the news conference today, he said uh, yesterday, Rachel Notley should have canceled the carbon tax entirely. Yeah, well, that's just but politics. Like, but that wouldn't put pressure on I, I know, Ottawa. but it's, it's politics, you know, like, it, it, that, because you know, it makes no sense for him. But the thing is, it makes sense for him to say that politically as a campaign uh, platform heading into well, he the always thought she, he always wanted to get rid of the carbon tax. He's got you know, yeah, no, but, but what, it doesn't. What, yeah, I'm saying yeah, that he'll, he'll yeah. say that he'll tie it to anything. Name something, carbon tax. Let's scrap it. Name something else. Uh, the Greyhound bus canceled this route. Blame the carbon tax. Right. Doesn't matter what it is. Carbon tax is something that they know they can just keep hitting the Notley government over the head. I thought, too, uh, yeah. yesterday, uh, talking to opposition, Alberta Party said it, and so did um, the UCP, and I thought it was an interesting point, is that they said, you know, Rachel Notley's government prematurely celebrated that the pipeline yeah. would be constructed. And the question from the media was, at what point should the NDP celebrate the pipeline being approved because they really thought this was a mm -hmm. green light and what are you what do you have to wait for in a process that has already taken years um where they're you know defeating every major court case brought against it uh but you know she did have the shovel in the ground press conference um and you know i think it was stephen mandel leader of the alberta party he said yesterday that uh the ndp he characterized it as an incredible smugness around the project which i thought was interesting i, th I think what they were doing the ndp was trying to counter all the negative yeah. media and people like all the uh, comments from well stephen mandel or jason kenny saying this will never get built and uh, the NDP had to try and show, yes, it will get built. And so, they, yes, they were, in a sense, going too far. Uh, they're crying wolf or crying pipeline, perhaps. Uh, but they had to try and counter the negative reaction from the opposition parties who said it won't, won't get built. And despite them getting approval every step of the way, they had to have news conferences. In fact, that one, that kind of phony one a few weeks ago with them you know, putting shovels in the ground, if yesterday's decision had been two thumbs up, you could have imagined her doing that almost weekly with a hard hat and a shovel somewhere in Alberta, uh, digging up ground to try and show Albertans it's actually getting done. Now she's lost that. And this is going to be something, I think, impossible to come back from. It's interesting, though. I did, I did feel just a tinge of pity for Jason Kenney yesterday as she took all his best lines. I mean, who's always been in favor of recalling houses for emergency debates? That's Jason Kenney. Uh, you know, who's always been in favor of, you know, demanding a Supreme Court case right away? That's Jason Kenney. And I saw some of, you know, some of Kenney's people on Twitter saying, but, but, but those were our ideas. I was like, yeah, uh-huh. Um, I mean, she... And Turning off the taps, you go back to yep. that debate yeah. a few months ago. Yeah, right? so you know um, that seems so long ago. <laughs> it really does. It really does. So, what is the the playbook for the new New Democrats here? Uh -huh. Because you can't say, "Oh, that pipeline we promised you it's it's coming to fruition in the time that that uh, we have left." It. I mean, what did they say? We got it as far as we could. Um, 
you know, blame the federal government. It's their fault. Uh, and there's a lot of other good things we've done. What's what are they? Where do they go from here in terms of the game plan? I think they're saying they're going to keep the line. Mm-hmm. This will get built. Right. It's a matter of time. It's not a matter of if. And even today, I saw that with uh, Finance Minister Jill Sisi had a news conference about the uh, first quarter uh, fiscal update. And obviously, everyone was asking about TMX um, because it's top of mind. And he, you know, he painted a very rosy picture of Alberta's future um, economy, saying, you know, we are confident this pipeline will be built. And I think, unfortunately, no matter how much doubt is put on this pipeline, they're they will never say that they're worried. You they know, can't and, really. You know, and the irony is, first quarter update numbers were pretty decent. You know, the deficit down by a billion dollars, and you know, consumer confidence is up. I saw a story today. You know, record spending on restaurant meals by Albertans. It's not that things are bad. It's just that they have staked everything on the success of this pipeline and the best they can say now is that she tried really hard and she's you know she's channeling everybody's anger and it was an awfully good speech last night but awfully good speeches you know eight months from now when they go to the polls may not be enough yeah yeah i think we've seen um we'll see kenny he was in New Brunswick doing some campaigning for the Progressive Conservatives, and he was talking to some of the media afterwards about you know the PCs there. They're in opposition. Elections coming up, but um, Kenny said, "Look, the PCs here should be turning the talk of a carbon tax into a, a huge election campaign issue. In fact, make the camp make it a almost a, a a referendum on a carbon tax. So you can imagine what's going to happen here." Kenny will turn the next provincial election campaign. Like, forget other issues. Forget even the pipeline. Forget anything else. Just turn it into a referendum on the carbon tax. Right, which he's kind of been doing already. Yeah, absolutely, but it'll be yeah. a bit more overt, saying carbon tax, yes or no. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and in the meantime, though, he's in the somewhat awkward position of almost having to cheer against the pipeline, as he has been for months now, yeah. right? You know, the I told you so, I told you this would never work. Is that actually the message Albertans want to hear? I'm not sure that that is. And, of course, the problem is, how, how do you get it built? I mean, like, how would Kenny get it built? Of course, he's talking about, I'll get tough with BC. I'll turn the taps off to British Columbia. That doesn't get it done. I'll and fight with Ottawa. That doesn't get it done. In fact, you could argue 2016 when Trudeau said, yes, we will approve this pipeline on conditions. He did it because of the climate leadership plan and the carbon tax he said in so Alberta. specifically. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, it's also in terms of timeline, a federal court of appeal decision can take up to 18 I months. Know or a, a, sorry, an appeal of this case can take up to 18 months. And then if they try and fix the consultation um, at the news conference last night, uh, Rachel Notley said she thinks it could, you know, pipe could be in the ground still in early 2019. Yeah, I heard that and I thought very optimistic. Really? But again, it's that timeline, right? She, she can't say next fall. She can't say a year from now. It has to be next spring. No, and of course, this is all against the backdrop of what's happening in Washington, D.C. today. And I, thought it was, I thought it yeah. was fascinating the way, I mean, we talked about the careful way Notley structured that, uh, that statement. She didn't bash British Columbia. She hardly even bashed Ottawa compared to how much she bashed the United States. And she sort of framed it as, if we don't get a pipeline we are forever dependent on the whims of the White House, a.k.a. the whims of Donald Trump, uh, to, to get our oil to market. That not only is the United States our only market directly, but then anything else that we sell goes through the United States. Right. And so she really tried to frame the narrative as this is a national unity project 
And, and I thought, given everything that's been happening this week uh, with the NAFTA negotiations, uh, every, given everything that uh, Donald Trump uh, allegedly said to Bloomberg on or off the record about uh, about how you know he will give no quarter to Canada and I'll just have to take whatever deal he comes up with, uh, I, I thought it was very canny of her to try and frame it as to make the pipeline a response to Trump and not just about getting Alberta's oil to market. Yeah. Well, that is interesting. We'll see if that becomes a strategy during the election. I also want to ask briefly about another potential implication of this, because I'm starting to hear it more and more. Um, obviously, there's a lot of anger around how difficult this process has been to build a piece of infrastructure um, that is owned by the people of Canada, um, and it still it still hasn't come to fruition. Um, and what I'm hearing, I, I've heard Brad Wall talk about this on the radio last night. I've heard Jason Kenney talk about, about it. Rachel Notley hinted at it last night in her speech. Um, Western alienation, uh, that old ogre again. And Brad Wall said last night on the radio, he it's at a level he's not seen it before. Oh, uh, good grief. Where was he during the National Energy Program? Where well, was I don't, he during I don't the pro-rate debate? Around, but. I mean... I mean, I'm sorry, people are mad, but this is not like the National Energy Program, which was sort of designed on purpose to disadvantage Alberta's oil industry. I mean, the NEP was a disaster for Alberta, and it was like cold-bloodedly come up with by the liberal government of, of Trudeau-Pair to, to do the dirty on us. This is not the same thing. Right, but it's an entire new generation. Like, that was 40 years ago we're talking about now yeah I was so, in high school then yeah. I was very young so this is a different generation I don't know how Brad, how old Brad Wall is, was at that time but uh, the current generation of people who are in power who are in business this is their moment perhaps uh, and they are seeing perhaps yeah, no, examples yeah. of federalism not working right yet. and we'll see what actually happens people also talk about western you know Alberta separation which of course ridiculous right. how are we going to get the oil exactly you, you, you <laughs> have a problem now getting a pipeline through BC good luck <laughs> when you're in a foreign country um, but yeah western alienation people get upset absolutely um, we'll see politicians like Kenny use that to their advantage right? you're angry so am I and then people will vote for him and get more votes it doesn't really change anything now we'll see what actually happens at the federal level if Trudeau starts to see, you know, this is a problem, um, if they're going to address that uh, at some level. But I don't really see it being a major factor in Canadian politics. What we do see is you go back, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, the rise of the Reform Party, um, which, of course, never became government. It's just it's seen as being too too Western. It's, it's too too regional. Some people would say it did eventually become the yeah, government I under mean, a different name, but yes, well, I, I, know yeah, what you, I know what you're saying. I mean, Stephen Harper became prime, prime minister, minister, and he was of the reform right. But party I'm talking, stock. I'm talking, yeah, I'm you know Preston Manning and and that right. So I think that the, the thing is the, the reform party exactly. The, the 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 government that we saw under Harper wasn't the same government we'd have seen under under Preston Manning, but it can. I think lead to some major problems for Trudeau at the federal level, but more to the point in Alberta politics, something that politicians like Kenny can glom onto and use for their own advantage. Well, um, I think we'll wrap up the conversation on that one. Um, Graham, uh, 18 years you've been doing this, is that He's, right? He is the good stuff from yeah. the gallery. There we yeah. go, thank yeah. you. Well, it's been a, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been 23 years at the Journal and about 18, 17 years doing the column. Wow. Um, yes, and um, well, thank you. And I, I'm glad I'm so busy this week because I'm not actually then focused on, you know, leaving the Journal. I'm still hoping to, knock on wood, be involved in journalism at some point. That's a work in progress. Um, maybe according to Mark Ipe, I can still come back on the uh, the podcast um, 
now and again. If, if we, if, we would, would love you, to have you. Will, you, will you bring us muffins and stuff? Well, um, only thing is I can't get paid for it this time. You guys make a lot of money off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently I cannot share in the wealth. You know what? You can get just as much money for doing this podcast as I do. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I will... I will Match, I will pay you exactly what I get paid to do this podcast. Well, there we go. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I, will buy, I buy all the holes in the donuts. That's what I'll be bringing in. But yeah, I'd love to come in now and again. But I, st- I still plan on being involved in journalism, work in progress. Stay tuned. And uh, I love all you guys. And I'm going to miss this newsroom. And congratulations on a really spectacular career well, at the you. Journal. And congratulations. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about going out, I mean, oh, with boy. a bang and not a whimper. I mean, <laughs> it, it, I mean, I sort of imagined that you'd spend this week walking through the beautiful gardens of the legislature, dangling your feet in the in the reflecting pools. But no. Uh, I do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you took a two-hour break today to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's going to get on his motorcycle and he's going to go off and have wonderful adventures. And yeah, yeah. Well, big shoes to fill. Whoever is uh, I wonder, I wonder, moving into your I, position. I, I would just <laughs> like to say that my little feet are not filling those big shoes. Interesting. It's not me. So it's not. Well, Claire, it must be you then. Oh yeah, I'm sure that would be a great call. So you're saying no to that? Then <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What, is that, could it be? Hmm. Who else is here? So there's a lot to choose from. It could be anyone. It could be anybody in this room except for three of us. <laughs> <laughs> Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. Yes, and can't on that, say anything. I can't say anything. <laughs> on that note, um, thank you, Graham. Thank you, Paula. Thank you, Claire. Uh, thank we'll you, wrap Pete. it up for uh, this edition of the Press Gallery. We will be back next week. Thanks for listening. Take care.